This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Harriet Minter, and this is the Badass Women's Hour. On this week's show, I'm getting back to nature with the author Anita Sethi. After a racist attack left Anita with anxiety, she decided to test her confidence with a hike across the Pennines. She tells me about setting out in the wrong boots, learning to love getting lost, and why we all need to learn to map read. Anita is a nature writer by trade, and her love of the world around her and its healing powers really comes through. She was a gorgeous interviewee, and if you're over going for yet another walk, well, this will definitely change your mind. Plus, I'm talking about why we are all feeling anxious and how to talk to your boss about getting your old salary back. First up, let's talk anxiety. So I would say that I am somebody who doesn't generally suffer from high anxiety. If I'm having a bad day, I tend to be one of those people that will go to bed and hide under the duvet rather than get terribly anxious about everything. But in the last few weeks, I have felt those anxiety levels rise and rise. And I thought this was odd, so I did some investigating. And I found a New York Times article talking about why it is that all of us feel right now as though the small things that should be easy, we can't quite cope with. So the article posited that, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, so I'm sure you know, that basically we've come to hopefully the end of a really long period of stress. And so our body knows that we should be going into a safer place right now, that we should feel perhaps like the world is opening up, like it's safe to do things that we haven't been doing for a while. But even though we logically know that, our body is still in a place where it's attuned to look for an attack. So like in the oldie days when um, we were all living out on the plains and we were attuned to attacks from tigers. Well, I think I've got tigers and planes mixed up there, but you know what I mean. Well, that's what our body's looking for right now. It keeps knowing that even though we're not living on the plains, we're living in a town, that there's a tiger around the corner at any minute, which means that we can't really enjoy things, which means that small stresses have a much greater effect on us. And overall, we tend to feel tireder and less inclined to try new things. Now, the thing that kind of interested me about this was not just that I'm feeling a level of anxiety, but also that even though we can now go out and meet up with friends and see new people and go to places, there's a large part of me that doesn't really want to. I don't know about you, but the first week of lockdown slightly lifting, I, well, I kind of overcommitted. So I did that thing that a lot of us do where we just say yes to everything because we're so excited to say yes to it. So I saw friends on nearly every day of that week. And by the end of the week, I was so tired I couldn't speak and I just didn't want to see anyone at all. 
I spoke to a friend about this and she said to me that she had done exactly the same thing and that what she'd realised was that her power of saying no had actually been dwindled over the past year. Because she hadn't really had options, she hadn't had to decide whether she was a yes or a no to something. It had just kind of been enforced upon her. She'd lost the ability to say, do I really want to do this? And if I don't, how do I say no to it? And I just thought that was something perhaps for all of us to think about in the coming weeks. If you also overcommitted in the first week of coming out of lockdown, it's okay to say no. And it's okay to say, do you know what? I would love to see you, but actually I just have to limit the number of people I spend time with right now. So I can't do it. It's okay to be honest. And I think we all need to allow people to do that and allow ourselves to do it. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. So if also you need some time to yourself, well, then you're not alone. Anita Sethi had the same idea and she took quite an extreme approach to it, walking the entire Pennines route. Here she talks about her adventure. Now, I don't know about you, but I have taken a lot of walks in the last year, more walks than I've taken pretty much any other point in my life. Um, And it's made me incredibly aware of the changing seasons and the nature around me. I think a lot of us have found comfort in nature over the past year, whether that's through gardening, whether it's through exploring the land around us. But actually being in the UK throughout the seasons is a really unique experience to see nature going through its entire life cycle. Well, one woman who has become obsessed with nature and the themes of identity, place and belonging that it brings with it is author Anita Sethi and she joins me to talk about her new series of books now. Hi Anita. Hi, it's lovely to be here. How are you? you. Thank you so much for joining us. My Um, pleasure. So can you tell me a little bit about summer 2019 and yeah. how that impacted your understanding of nature. Absolutely. Well, it was a, it was a really transformative summer in um, that I decided to make an epic journey, walking hundreds of kilometres um, over through the Pennines, which is known as the backbone of Britain, including Britain's oldest long-distance footpath, the Pennine Way. So this epic adventure was prompted by an incident of racial abuse that I experienced on a Trans-Pennine Express train. I was going from Liverpool to Newcastle and um, a man started racially abusing me and told me to go back to where I'm from and other things I won't repeat. So in the book, I do go back to where I'm from. I'm from the north. I was born and bred in Manchester. And so um, it was a Trans-Pennine Express train. And once, as you said, you know, nature is so beneficial to our well-being. And one evening I was like suffering from anxiety. And I was just like looking at a map, trying to get my head around the experience of um, what I'd been through. And I saw the miniature mappings of mountains rising up and rivers on the map. And I, like, I yearned for to you know step into the map and have it come alive in all its three-dimensional glory and I was like feeling really I was suffering from claustrophobia and panic attacks after I had been racially um attacked and so I I like I yearned to breathe freely and I yearned to like breathe the fresh air and I was like yearning for a closer connection with um the great outdoors and I didn't want the experience to stop me traveling freely and without fear in a country where I belong so um and that's that that summer of that you mentioned summer 2019 um, a close friend of mine also passed away sadly she was only 28 so I was also suffering from a bereavement 
And so those two kind of negative, very, very sad factors set me off on my journey through the Pennines. And as you say, the past year has shown more than ever why we all need to have um, a close connection with the natural world. And nature shows more than anything how we are all human, um, regardless of our skin colour. We all belong here. We all need to breathe oxygen which is created by trees and sometimes we forget that we are not apart from nature we are a part of nature nature is a very equalizing thing when you think that every single one of us regardless of our you know gender or race we all need oxygen in our lungs to actually survive and be here and that oxygen is you know it's created by by nature it's created by trees and that we breathe in so yeah, I made this epic adventure and I just found that walking, as you say, you know, we've we've all been in the past year, we've we've um, discovered more than ever how walking is so beneficial for our physical and mental well-being. And it was it was for mine that summer and also beyond. So I've continued my walks throughout lockdown, as you say. I mean, it is it's amazing, isn't it, that um we have seasons in the UK. We are really lucky in that respect. And I did make my journey that features in the book I Belong Here, which is out on Thursday. Um I made it over a summer and it um as it also you know changed into autumn so I walked through the north pennines in the autumn and it was just so magical to see the changing seasons and autumn is just was it was an amazing season to walk through even though people warned me not to go um to the pennines in the <laughs> autumn and I'm really looking forward to going back to actually re- revisiting the area um you know, now that day trips are actually allowed, I went to Edale for the first time, which was very exciting. <laughs> so um, how, tell me, how far did you walk? Give us an idea. Well, it's a four, Pennine Way is 431 kilometres long. It's Britain's oldest long distance footpath. Wow. Um, but I wanted to do it my way, as it were, <laughs> as the song goes. And um, so I started in a place called Hope and I saw that on the map and it was actually seeing that place name that made me get up and go because obviously it's such a magical name and you can't help but feel hopeful when you you see a place called Hope and you're mm-hmm. walking through a place called Hope Valley. That's in the Peak District and the Peak oh, District okay. this year celebrates its um, 70th anniversary. And so, you know, it's it's a really, it's a, it is a very timely moment to celebrate and national parks and our access to nature. You didn't do all 400 plus kilometers in one go or did you I did it kind of in chunks so I had rests along the way um so I did you know I I had um, I I'm not you know I don't come from a background where I went on loads of long hikes in childhood and stuff so it was a real test of stamina I have to say it wasn't easy it was a really really challenging I was absolutely knackered for a lot of it (laughs) and I had I set off with the wrong completely the wrong shoes for example I was gonna ask how do you prepare for something like that you know you learn I learned the hard way put it that way so (laughs) for my next walk I would be better prepared I would absolutely recommend a good pair of walking shoes which I didn't have at the time I just had these awful woolly boots that soaked up the sun and soaked up the rain as well um how so, long did it take you well it was I did it over um like four months mm-hmm. so um yeah and I had to stop off along the way because you realize I mean it's a test of both physical and emotional stamina mm-hmm. but I wanted to push myself past my limits and see you know see how far I could go literally and like it was, it was walking uphill and I particularly did want to make that uphill journey um, there's a poem called Still I Rise by Maya Angelou mm-hmm. and that was one of my inspirations it, 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 the poem says you may kill me with your hatefulness but still like air I'll rise and so that when you're walking through the Pennines it's an upwards journey it's an 
you know, you're walking uphill, which is, for me, it was quite a metaphorical journey in that way that I was walking upwards and I just wanted to keep walking through the north. So it wasn't easy, but it was, you know, I felt myself getting stronger each day and, you know, being able to walk a bit further each day. So each day I'd walk about 15 kilometers a day. Gosh, did you do it But then some days I had to, well, I had a friend came with me for a a little bit of the way, which I did most of it myself. Um, I had a friend, luckily, who climbed up Malham Cove with me, which was incredibly <laughs> lucky because I don't think I would have made it, honestly. I needed like someone to clutch onto because it was raining that day as well. <laughs> and it's quite a perilous climb. And then I actually met, you know, because my journey was prompted by the cruelty of a stranger on a train. Mm. But along the way, it was, I didn't want that to close down my world. Like there's an Anne Nin quote, um, life expands the, in proportion to your courage. So I wanted to like the world to keep expanding rather than contract to the size of a train carriage. And, and so I, um, I met, you know, I met with kindness, uh, the kindness of strangers along the way. Mm. So I met, you know, I met straight, I walked with, um, you know, a family that I met along the way. I mean, I got chatting to strangers and then, you know, I met a lot of kindness along the way, but primarily I walked by myself and that was empowering as well. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion in the past month about women's safety and walking alone. And that's been in the, since the horrific murder of Sarah Everard, you know, Mm -hmm. and the reclaim the streets movement. So it's obviously, you know, walking alone, whether you're in it as a woman, um, through the wilderness brings with it its own challenges. So after I was racially abused on the train, um, I was put in touch with victim support charity and they sent me a, um, a personal alarm. Um, so, you know, I was thinking, well, do I want, do I need to take this with me? Should I take it with me or not? And I haven't had one of these alarms since I was like 13 and we mm. were given, you know, rape alarms at, at school. Yeah. And um, so I took it with me and I, luckily I didn't need to use it, but it was comforting having it. You know, these are all the issues faced. So in the book, I do explore that aspect. You know, it's quite an intersectional book. I explore mm-hmm. what it's like being a woman and also a woman of color walking through the wilderness and all the challenges that brings and, you know, you have that added element of walking through the fear of, you know, being alone in the great outdoors. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've spoken to you on the show to an organization called um, Black Girls Hike. Before, yes, yeah. Really yeah. inspiring organization. Yeah, and yeah. You know, they've talked about actually kind of both the element of, um, as you said, you know, the confidence you need to say, okay, I'm going to be not just a woman, but a woman of color out here on my own in this place that is traditionally yeah. white, traditionally Absolutely, male. Yeah. Um, and the kind of the positive and the negative that they have experienced because of that. Oh, yeah. Wonder for you. And on the walk, did you experience anything that, made you feel uncomfortable or made you feel like oh I don't have a, a space here well I think no I wanted to smash mm. all those kind of the stigma that comes around um I think it's important to smash the idea that you know brown and black people don't belong mm-hmm. in the countryside because I think it what you know the first the first thing that the, the man who racially abused me said on the train is do you have a British passport I had my British passport in my handbag because I'm British mm-hmm. yeah. and you know I'm no less British and I think the toxic notion that brown and black people aren't quite as British leads into the idea that we don't belong in spaces which are regarded as quintessentially British like the English countryside however you know walking through the countryside is absolutely wonderful experience because nature is incredibly equalizing and you know a bird or a flower is not going to ask me where I'm from I love that idea. <laughs> They're just going to let that. me be. Beautiful. And also when you look at nature, when you look at the nature, you know, the soil is black, mm-hmm. the tree barks are brown. Yeah. It's, and, and, and so it smashes all those awful stereotypes that humans have, um, you know, brought into the mindset of what's good and what's bad. So in that sense, I would encourage everyone to get out into nature. Don't be afraid. I'd say, you know, just just feel the fear, do it anyway. You belong there. And that's the message of the book, that you belong there. Another message of the book is that nature belongs as much to the world as we do. And, and I think that everyone needs to, you know, learn to respect and care for nature. Nature, I mean, I belong here. Something I'm saying, obviously, is a retort to the man who told me I didn't. Yeah. It's also something nature's saying. Like, I felt the birds. I was wondering what the birds were saying when they were singing. And they mm. felt like they were saying, I belong here too. Because nature's incredibly vulnerable. It's threatened. We don't care for or treat it properly. But we all need it to exist. If it wasn't there, we wouldn't be here because we need it to breathe. So in terms of your question about, no, I mean, I had, you know, I had some quite like someone asked me what, what country I'm from. And I said, yeah. England, and they looked at me in a bemused <laughs> way. <laughs> but I do think that comes from ignorance. And I yeah. do think, you know, I say in the book that it's, we urgently need more education about why there are people of different skin colors in the country. Cause I don't think that people understand. I wasn't taught much about immigration at school. Why? Yeah. I didn't know why, why I was a brown girl sitting in a classroom in Manchester I went to school on the Curry Mile in Manchester <laughs> and experienced right but if we'd been taught that at school there wouldn't be so much ignorance and it's ignorance that really leads to racism so I think we need to get to the root cause of why there were these toxic ideas in the first place but I think you know I experienced hostility in cities as well and I don't I think mm. that I would encourage everyone to get now that you know day trips are allowed yeah. I'd encourage everyone to you know get out into the hills but also act responsibly when you're there and and care for care for the areas when you're there and um how you know the new country 
Countryside Coast mm. Code has just been released recently this month and encourages us to be kind to each other, smile at other people. It's a very simple thing, but it does help, but also encourages us to care for nature as well. How has it changed your view of nature? What is, you know, it's made me realise that we are not apart from nature. We are a part of it. Mm. It's, nature's absolutely intrinsic to my physical and mental well-being and I re- I re- I've realized more than ever and I have even in the past year that I need it and I need to integrate it into the fabric of my daily life and and walking through nature as well and and the fact is that as well um, I've learned in lockdown like so many people have as well that um to look for nearby nature so now that you know in the past year I haven't been able to go on epic walking adventures through the Pennines and like hopefully I will soon so when there's moments I can't and I'm just I'm in the city I like I I take pleasure in you know noticing the flowers growing between the cracks in the pavement and you know the trees and the streets and that's why it's so important that um, cities and like urban nature is incredibly important as well and that we need parks in cities so I hope that you know, the world will be recalibrated post lockdown so that everyone has equal access to nature because it's crucial that, you know, children growing up in inner cities need access to nature as well. And we all need to be able to go to the countryside and feel like we belong yeah. there. But, you know, great cities need to be recalibrated into green spaces as well because there is inequality, there is an inequality there in access to nature. So here's hoping the world will be recalibrated into, you know, a cleaner, greener world with access to nature for everyone. If someone's listening to you talk and thinking, oh my gosh, I need to go and do this. I need to set out <laughs> on a walk. I need yeah. to get into nature. I need to properly be in it for an extended period of time. Yeah. What would you advise them? What tips would you give them? I'd say get a good pair of walking shoes <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get blisters. And also I would, you know, I fell in love with maps Harriet so I you know before I, I you know I'm open, open the, in the book about the fact that like a belly map read before like I come from a city <laughs> I didn't come from a traditional nature writer's family going for yeah. country walks I mean this is about class as well as race the book mm-hmm. is very much about class as well class and access to nature yeah. and it, about region and it's also about regional stereotypes because I wanted to smash the idea that you know, it's always grim up north because the, you know, the north is a very beautiful place for nature as well. So my advice would be, you know, have a look at some maps, get some OS maps. And even if you can't afford like brand new ones, you know, I got secondhand maps, like, you know, like you can get secondhand books. Yeah. And it's just the world just expanded and it deepened. And it was just wonderful, like learning to map read. So maps, a good pair of shoes and also just walk through your fear be fearless I mean that that doesn't mean being um, not being safe mm-hmm. but like losing yourself and it's just I mean you know we've like the past year we've all been over overly digitized haven't we we've all been um, um, so trapped on so. our gadgets Too so I'd say just time. switch off I'd say switch off your phone as well when you're walking so you don't trip and fall over a, <laughs> <laughs> did into you a get pile lost? of hay. This, this I did get lost. Did I got get lost? lost. Oh, absolutely. There are lots of getting lost <laughs> What happened scenes. when you got but, lost? Did you well, panic? Well, well, that's, that's the thing, thing that would worry oh me. Oh, my God. It was, well, the thing, like I said about fear, mm. I mean, it was absolutely terrifying. And sometimes you can't get rid of the fear. It's, it's, a, it's a case, I would say, of, you know, learning to manage that fear because there is something about nature nature isn't only comforting and soothing it is all those things as well but there was something very primal about that fear of being lost alone in the north pennines which mm. but i embraced that fear and it took me out of like the churning everyday anxieties because it was so much more deeper primal fear 
I just, well, what happened at that? I just, I, it was like crossing over a threshold. So I enjoyed the being lost. I, and also, so, you know, it started off with a planned journey through the Pennines, the Pennine Way. But the moments of getting lost are some of the best moments that you can imagine because you're just like walking into the wild unknown. And those are the truly, truly wild moments. And you will find yourself, you will find yourself. And, and it's, you know, it's all the, pers- and that's part of the personal journey as well, losing yourself and finding yourself. And that's why journeying and walking is so metaphorical. It's part of our personal and emotional journeys. But I would say try not to do that when it's really raining in treacherous conditions because <laughs> we want to we hear people's stories when I, they get out the other end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And where are you walking to next? Have you got Well, my second, absolutely. I'm really excited about um, my next um, adventure. So I want to get um, explore ne- ne- the next book in my nature writing trilogy because it's three books of nature writing. Um, I want to explore, um, I'm exploring nature at nighttime. So, I mean, lockdown as well has shown just how wonderful nature at night can be and but how polluted our skies are by artificial light so the north also has some of the best dark skies so i'm going to go do lots of star what um stargazing and also get up at well i'm I'm getting up at sunrise to watch the sun um to watch sunrises but i've been a little bit too sleeping in a bit (laughs) i need to to, um get disciplined to catch the sunrises so It's a good, good. It's a good natural alarm clock, isn't it? To get it up with sunrise. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to read the next one. And thank you so much. Thanks for thank you so much you. for chatting. It's been a lovely Great. to talk to you. Thank you. And you said there, her book "I Belong Here" is out now. And if you love nature writing and those sort of fabulous, um, epic journeys into the wild and into yourself, then I know you will love that book too. That was Anita Sethi talking about her new book "I Belong Here." and just getting outdoors. Now, each week I talk about a listener problem, something that is going on in your lives that you need some help with. This one is quite, well, I don't know if it's complicated, but it's interesting because I think there's a legal angle that I'm not sure about. So apologies, any lawyers listening, if you know there is. Here we go. At the start of the first lockdown, my small company came to all employees and explained they needed us to take a pay cut if we were to survive. Everyone agreed, and as a business, we all took a 20% pay cut the owners took more. I really appreciated that they didn't just make us redundant. However, business has now picked up and we're getting busy again. I talked to my boss about pay and she said that the owners knew it was a problem and wanted to resolve it ASAP, but they were still dealing with the impact of the past year and wanted to make sure the business was secure first. I understand this, but I was due a pay rise before the pandemic anyway. And now I not only do not have that pay rise, but I'm 20% down on my salary. What can I do about this? I think this is a problem that's actually impacted a lot of people and we're not really talking about it because it is, well, it's difficult, isn't it? On the one hand, we feel a level of appreciation to a company that's kept us on when they could have just made us redundant. And also, particularly if the owners have also taken a pay cut, everyone else around you has taken a pay cut, it begins to feel like we're all in it a little bit together and you don't want to be the one person that stands up and says, "Uh, actually, I'm not happy with this. However... That doesn't mean that you don't have a right to be paid fairly for the work you do. So there's a couple of things that I think you should be thinking about here. So the first one is you don't know what's going on in the business. And when we don't know what's going on in a business and perhaps we feel a little bit hard done by, we can either just go, okay, well, I don't know what's happening. So I'm just going to put my head down and not make any waves. Or we can start to feel a bit suspicious and really 
we start to dig. We start to see problems where there aren't problems. We start to feel like people are taking advantage of us. We become resentful. Now, my suggestion, if you're feeling any of that, is to take the focus off the business and put it back on you. What do you want from this job and from your career long term? So really think about that. And you said, you know, you would do a pay rise before the pandemic anyway. So now's the time to think about, okay, well, actually, what was I going to do for that pay rise? What more responsibility did I want? What more was I going to take on? Why did I want it? What did it mean to me? And if what you really want is more money or a different career or more responsibility, and that doesn't look like it's happening in this company, then you need to think about ways that you can get that elsewhere. Actually, there are jobs going at the moment. Lots of people say there aren't, but there are. It's busy. People are moving. Start looking around. Start seeing what's out there. And I think when you feel like you've got other options, you'll perhaps feel less resentful of the company itself. And the second thing is really know what your bottom line is. So what are you happy to agree to them with? Are you happy for them to say, this is going to last another six months and then we'll resolve it? Do you want it resolved in the next week? What do you need? And you might want to look at this really in terms of need. Like, do you need this money for your rent, for your mortgage? Are you putting off buying a house because you can't afford to get a mortgage on the 20% pay cut? Whatever it is, be honest with your boss about why you need this money back and be clear about what your bottom line is around it. I would even say you can put a date on it. You don't have to tell your boss the date, but in your head, know it. Know that by this date, you are making a decision. And if that decision means you have to walk away from the company, then that's what you have to do. I've said this before and I'll say it again. No company will ever love you as much as you love it. Work is paid because, uh, well, given the option, most of us wouldn't be doing it. If you're not being paid fairly for your role, you need to go and find somewhere who will pay you fairly. I think it's great that this company have kept you on. I think it's great that as a team you decided to work together and take that pay cut so the company could survive. But that's happened now. And as a company, they have to look towards the future. And you as an individual have to look towards your future too. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. I always really appreciate it. And I always really appreciate it when you leave comments and feedback. So thank you for doing that too. If you want to subscribe, you definitely can. And it would make me really happy. And if you wanted to come and talk to me during the week, you can find me at Harriet Minter on all of the socials. Otherwise, Badass Women's Hour will be back same time, same place next week. You've been listening to Badass Women's Hour. If you like the show, then help more people find us. You can tag us or talk to us on social media using at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating. Five stars, please. It helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us. We'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.